Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So your Golden State Warriors are now 3-1, 3-0, undefeated, on the road. They smacked the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans, 130-102. Now each side was missing, guys. The Warriors, they were missing Clay Thompson, and they were also missing Jonathan Kaminga on the second night of a back-to-back. And the Pelicans, they were missing Brandon Ingram, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy the third. Uh, the game was still super entertaining. It was going to be a challenge no matter what because you know, the Pelicans are a very good playoff team. They're on the come up. And, I mean, dang, <laughs> the way the Warriors manhandled them, I mean, this team is just going to be really, really fun to watch. And let me just say, like, Steph Curry is amazing. Like I said this in the last episode, but the run that he's been on and the way he just controls a game, the way he can just put it away and the way he still looks like he's, you know, in his uh, late twenties or just early 30s. The dude isn't aging, right? The guy was insane. 30 minutes only 15 for 22, seven for 13 from three, 42 points. The dude just put on a massive, massive show. And I'll be honest to me, what we're seeing a little bit here is the Chris Paul effect. And what I mean by that is the dude is playing so free. And part of that is because he knows he does not have to carry the weight of this team when he comes back in the game. He doesn't have to build up a lead, lose that lead, and then all of a sudden put in all this effort to bring it back. You know what I mean? Like that second unit is looking so much more consistent with Chris Paul, Dario Saric, and whomever else they've plugged in that they're just going about their business. What I love about this team so far compared to the nonsense that we saw last year is the fact that they're basically just buttoned up and going to business, right? That's what happens when you have a guy like Chris Paul added to the team and even Dario Saric. We talked about how Dario Saric Remember, all summer long, all of us Warriors fans really, really wanted him. He was like the piece because the Warriors needed a big. They needed to stretch big. And he was the guy. And remember, everyone thought that he was waiting to see what would happen to Damian Lillard in case Lillard went to Miami. Maybe he would go there instead. But that was taking too long. And Dunleavy got him to the Warriors. And that that was huge. And now we're seeing what that means for the Warriors in particular, because the dude is, uh, he's tough. He plays inside. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy, <laughs> but uh, he is physical and he ain't afraid to shoot it. You know, <laughs> he shoots those threes and you can see he has chemistry with Chris Paul already, right? We know that they play together in Phoenix, but just seeing them, it's almost like this dependable outlet that Chris Paul has, especially when he's playing with newer guys and young guys like Kamenga out there and Moses Moody, and even Gary Payton. Uh, Gary Payton, uh, I've said this in the last episode, I mean, he's hitting that three-point shot with a little bit more consistency. But again, if he's a threat, consistent threat, then that just opens up that unit even more so. But seeing Steph out there, just not having to play 36 minutes or have to will the team to victory, like build up a 12-point lead, then all of a sudden come back with <laughs> like a, a five-point hole. That's huge. You can see that burden is 
in games like this and the previous game, like that is being lifted. It cracked me up though, because Grant Hill, uh, Hall of Famer Grant Hill, he said during the broadcast that the reason that why the Warriors were so bad on the road last year was because of uh, their lack of depth and their youth. And to some extent, yes, that's true. But we all know that the reason they were so crazy terrible, right? Like if they were young and had lack of depth, then maybe they are a little worse than normal, but they were just God awful terrible because, (laughs) because they did not like each other because their chemistry was shot. But this consistency of the second unit is huge because, you know, you peek over at Jordan Poole, you see highlights on social media and stuff. And the dude is uh, jacking up shots, doing the Steph Curry, shoot a three, and then don't look and expect it to go in. He's doing that and missing. <laughs> He's uh, taking random shots, getting swatted by Kristaps Przingis, you know? So, like, that's the kind of nonsense that the Warriors don't need, you know? They need dudes who will just get the work done and that's what we're seeing with these guys i think steph should be an mvp candidate i mean that's pretty obvious at this point and it's nice to know that he still can bring it i don't think there was ever any doubt about that as long as the dude is healthy but you know i I think a lot of teams a lot of people were sleeping on these warriors they knew that they'd be a little bit better but basically you know you look at that squad and they got a bunch of legit NBA guys who are either really dependable or getting better. Comparing it to last season's road start, it's just like the vibes, right? And it's not just because of the added veteran presence, but just the vibes in general. There's none of the lingering effects of Draymond punching pool, none of that. That's all out the door. And again, they got rid of all the impressionable young guys like Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin Jr., all those guys who were kind of around that. And, you know, that was like their intro to the league. And so they were like, let's let's just erase all that. And then, you know, I got to say again, Trace Jackson Davis uh, and Brandon Pajemski, like I said over the summer, I wasn't sure about Pajemski, but like he definitely has moxie. You know, I like that about this kid and he just scraps. Uh, You know, you look back at some of the other younger dudes that they drafted as point guards or as smaller, smaller guards. You got like Nico Mannion, you got Ryan Rollins and, you know, Nico Mannion came in during the COVID season and, you know, he just never really, really showed it. Uh, He never showed that he really, really fit in the team's plans during that season. And of course, Ryan Rollins broke his foot last year, but he only played one year in college and he didn't really know the game as well. There's something about Brandon Pajemski that he knows the game. And obviously that's true for Trace Jackson Davis. The dude played four years. We've talked about that before. And he he just plays within himself and he knows what to do and he's confident about it. And, you know, I've always been a James Wiseman supporter, but I think the kid got a raw deal and he just had like a tough entry into the league. But what I'm seeing from uh, Trace Jackson Davis is at least that dude uses his physicality properly. The thing about Wiseman was like, he's always a skinny guy who just put on muscle, but he never knew how to be physical and use his weight. And Trace Jackson Davis, again, doesn't look like the biggest dude. He looked dwarfed (laughs) by Zion Williamson, but I guess a lot of people do. But he goes in there and he just executes. You know, he doesn't mess around. He gets in there. He plays defense. 
He blocks shots. He rebounds. He has a nose for the ball. James Wiseman never really had a huge nose for the ball as a rebounder. And Trace Jackson Davis just goes in with power. It's good to have him on the squad. It's good to have somebody who can just like, okay, do your job. And it's nice to see that so early in the season that they're actually both effective. It's good to see that Pajemski is ahead of Corey Joseph in the rotation, right? Because both those guys played because Kaminga and Clay Thompson were out. So Moses Moody got the start and, you know, Pajemski filled in in the rotation. So a lot of fun stuff. The roster, it's just more sane with Chris Paul, Dario Saric off the bench uh, again. And, an improved Moses Moody, an improved Jonathan Kamenga, who are both getting better, and young guys who don't look like uh, <laughs> a couple of deer in headlights when they're out there. They just play, and they've created like a good environment for that. And again, a lot of it is the Chris Paul effect. He has a calming influence, at least <laughs> to me, as a viewer, knowing like, okay, these guys are throwing the ball around. They don't know exactly what to do. And they all eventually always give it to Chris Paul and he'll figure something out. He'll go to that uh, elbow mid-ranger. Uh, he'll shoot a three. He'll find somebody invariably. And that's a big deal in maintaining those leads. So we'll see. We'll see moving forward. Um, a long way to go. But, you know, you're just kind of building, building towards the end of the season towards the playoffs, right? That's three games down, or sorry, four games down and 78 more to go. And you hope, you hope, again, it's health. You hope that they can stay upright and that they continue to improve defensively. It looks like Draymond is getting his rhythm back already. And that's just something that doesn't bode well for the rest of the league and people that chose against the Warriors. Again, not perfect. Nothing's perfect. You know, we know that. We'll see. But the way that this team is constructed, you know, ignore like all the other teams and don't think too hard, but just see this team and how they are building internally, then it shows a lot of promise. That's all. I said that after the Rocket game, and I'm saying that now. And you don't want to get too overzealous, but it's looking... Pretty good. Pretty good. Plain and simple. It is, though, pretty wild to look out there and see a super tiny lineup that has Chris Paul, Brandon Pajemski, and Gary Payton II out there. It's it's pretty crazy because those guys are all, what, like 6'2 or under? And then you swap Steph in, then you move up to 6-3. But, uh, you know, it worked here. We'll see how it continues to work. Obviously, Gary Payton II can play bigger because of his athleticism and his defensive capabilities. But, um, you know, uh, it'll be a uh, work in progress like everything else throughout this season. Also, Clay, he was able to sit because technically, if you look at him and the other old heads, Chris Paul, Steph, uh, Draymond Green. He has not been an all-star or all-NBA player in the last three seasons. So technically, he can sit on the second night of back-to-backs. He can rest or whatever, have some kind of excuse and whatnot. And technically, Andrew Wiggins, who still isn't 30 yet, can't do it either because he was an all-star a couple of seasons ago. So maybe this is advantageous for Clay. But uh, it was good to see the Warriors 
take this back to back and, uh, you know, and continue to chalk up some wins early on. Gonna need them. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.